Dear Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Do not fail to show love to strangers, for by doing this, some have welcomed angels without realizing it. That piece of advice and encouragement to Christians comes from the 13th chapter of the book of Hebrews. And it tells us that there may be times when we meet angels without even realizing that we've met them. In fact, we might wonder whether the author, the writer of the book to Hebrews had in mind the account that we read earlier. We read a portion of the account from Genesis chapter 18. We listened to the Lord and Abraham talking, but did you catch what that, uh, what that chapter called the Lord where we picked it up? It called him one of the men. In the context of, of that account, we find out that three men visited Abraham. And it turns out that two were angels and one was the Lord himself, and it's not totally clear whether Abraham realized this all the way along or when he might have possibly figured it out. But we can tell from a passage like this that there are times when people interact with angels and they don't know that it's an angel. Those are probably not the times we usually think about because we don't know about them, for one thing, but we probably think about many of the other times when an angel appears to someone and it's very obvious to that person. When the people are extremely aware of God's special spiritual messengers. We're focusing our attention this Advent season in our midweek services on three particular angelic appearances and the announcements that the angels bring and all three of these examples that we're considering have at least this one trait in common. One of the very first things that the angel says is, Do not be afraid. This encouragement from the angel seems to be pretty directly related to the fact that the people recognize that it's an angel standing in front or beside them. This was something unique. This was something different. It extremely, very quickly became clear to Zechariah and to Joseph and to Mary that they were dealing with a special holy being. They were experiencing a, a miraculous appearance, a glorious appearance, and in very sharp contrast, they were ordinary, sinful people. See, when any experience shines, shines a bright light on our sinfulness, it makes sense that we might be afraid, be fearful. When the, the holy glory of God and of His created messenger shines on sinful people, it's natural for them to be afraid. But in these weeks of Advent, the angels have a message for us too. 
do not be afraid. God wants us to hear that word of comfort and encouragement. God wants us to see His answers to our sinfulness. He wants us to take to heart the message that we do not need to be afraid. And in particular, from the angelic announcement in front of us this evening, God wants us to know that we do not need to be afraid because God does the impossible. We heard the account from Luke chapter 1. We just sang a hymn about the angel's appearance to Mary. The angel greeted Mary with such a strange and unusual greeting. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And Mary was troubled. What she heard didn't make sense. We already mentioned what the angel says next. Do not be afraid, Mary. And then the angel went on to say even more, and it turns out that that also didn't make sense to Mary. Mary, the angel explained, was going to become the mother of a child, of a very special child. He was going to have a particular name, the name Jesus. And the angel went on to explain even more about just how special this child would be. But at first, it didn't really matter how special this child would be. Mary was confused. She knew she understood what we euphemistically refer to as the birds and the bees. She wasn't naive to how babies came about naturally. She was, after all, planning to be married in fairly short order herself. She was preparing for that. So she also knew that the steps that would be taken for a baby to be born had not been taken. So she asked, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel, Gabriel's answer, was that this would be a special working of God. This wasn't going to happen in the natural way. The Holy Spirit would accomplish this, and Mary would be, she would become the mother of the Son of God. God does the impossible. He gives a virgin a son. And not only was this, this one impossible phenomenon happening, the angel announced to Mary that Mary's barren relative, was also six months pregnant at that very time. And so just as God had once said to Abraham, so his messenger communicated to Mary as well, with God, there's no such thing as impossible. Now, when you or I, sinful people, like Mary, another sinful person, when any of us are, are confronted with God's almighty power, God's power to do the impossible, that too can be a frightening thing. Just like the, the glory of God's messengers shines a bright light on the sin of people, so the glory of His power does the same. If He's almighty, if He, can, if he has power to do whatever he wants, then he has the power to make demands from us. 
And he has the power to punish when we don't live up to his demands. And none of this should be a surprise to us. After all, we're talking about the one who created the entire universe, including you and me. So God's message to us doesn't stop at this point saying, God can do the impossible by his almighty power. It's very true, but there has to be more to that message. We need to hear how God does the impossible for our good. And that's exactly what God tells us. When the angel told Mary about her special child, Jesus, she, the, the angel said that Jesus would do what seems impossible. He would rule on the throne of his ancestor, David, and he would rule on that throne forever. He would have an, an endless kingdom. But, but don't be afraid. This is not a message about God's power intended to, to frighten us, to frighten his enemies. This is a message of God's grace. God's grace by which we mean his completely, totally undeserved love for us who have sinned against him. This message of grace comforts us. What it means that Jesus would rule forever over the throne of David is that he would be the gracious ruler of God's people. He would be the head of God's church. He didn't come to do battle against us as God's enemies. He came to do battle against our enemies and to make us God's people. And that means he came to live with us and for us, to live in our place, to set right all the things that we've done wrong, and he came to die for us, to offer up his life as the sacrifice that our, that our rebellion against God required. And he came to make us his people forever, who get to live with him in, in eternity God does the impossible. He, he gives the virgin a son and he rules forever by his grace. And he's not done there. As Gabriel spoke to Mary, her reaction changed from, from troubled, wondering to willing service. At first, she wasn't sure about what this angelic greeting could mean, and it took some explanation to convince her that she, who was still waiting patiently and chastely to be married, was going to have a child. But she heard God's promises. She heard the promise of Jesus and His eternal kingdom. She heard how God was doing the impossible for Mary and for her relative Elizabeth and for the whole world. And she said, See, I am the Lord's servant. May it happen to me as you have said. Mary didn't demand that she see the science that would explain how it was after all possible for a, a virgin to have a baby. She didn't take a poll to see if her neighbor's thought this message was a popular one. She didn't rebel 
about how much of a challenge this would bring into her life, how complicated her life was about to become, she believed. She humbly accepted what, what God said and was willing to go through with what God had determined for her. And that maybe doesn't sound impossible, but the truth is that is impossible. It is as impossible as the virgin-born baby and the eternal kingdom. God takes a human being who by nature is in opposition to him, who throughout life resists his love and his will and his way, and he moves that person. He moves that person to a humble faith through his gracious promises. As, as believers, as Christians, as churchgoers, it might seem kind of commonplace to us that people believe, that people have faith. But it shouldn't be taken for granted. It's a miracle that God makes these promises, and it's a miracle that Mary believes them. And we thank and praise God that He has performed that same miracle in our hearts and in our lives. He's taken our, our sinful, stony, hard hearts and made them into hearts that are filled with His love and love for others. He's taken our entire lives and He's molded them to His service. He's taken our, our goals and our desires and our dreams and He's pointed them all in the direction of heaven. Because with our God and for our God, there's no such thing as impossible. I shared roughly this same message with our congregation in Sarita one week ago. And I told them that I haven't heard very many Merry Christmases just yet. I've heard a few more since then, and I expect that I'm going to hear many more over the next couple of weeks. It's how we tend to greet each other as we lead up to this unique and special day. And as we consider the angelic announcement to the one God favored to be the mother of His Son, let me offer a slightly different greeting and a slightly different prayer. May you have a Christmas like Mary's. A Christmas like Mary's starts with a realization and a recognition of sin. And maybe when we think about that sin, we're a little bit troubled and a little bit unsure, maybe even a little bit confused too. But then a Christmas like Mary's listens to God. And it listens to his messengers. And it hears messages like Mary heard, God has shown you favor. Do not be afraid. Jesus rules forever. Have a Christmas like Mary's because 
our God does the impossible for us. May that be the focus of your listening and watching and believing and sharing and rejoicing. Amen.